Hello, I'm Martijn Graat and this is Does Logistics Matter, a podcast on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics. Answering yes to the question today is Chief Sales Officer Johnny Maas of Redsfer. In this episode, we talk about challenges and changes in the industry, trends in road freight in Europe with a focus on time-sensitive freight, and the role of digitalization and platforms. Please enjoy my conversation with Johnny Maas. Johnny, welcome to the show. Oh, thank you very much, Martin, for having me. Um, Johnny, the first question in this uh, podcast is always, does logistics matter? Oh, that's a surprise question, isn't it? <laughs> um, I think it ab- absolutely does. Um, I think till a, till a couple of years ago, um, nobody ever asked the question, how does the material I have in my house, how does it get here? Yeah. Um, I think, however, over the last 18 months, each of us in our private lives have lived a situation where we wanted to buy something and it wasn't yeah. there. Yeah. Um, so I, I do think that people have started realizing there's a whole machinery behind it um, that is facing some 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 challenges. Um, next to that, what we've seen during the COVID is that the e-commerce, which saw an extreme boom, yeah. have actually recognized that logistics and transportation are levers for them to generate a higher uh, customer experience and satisfaction. So, yep, I'm absolutely convinced logistics matters. <laughs> Good. That's, uh, I like that answer. Uh, 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 how did you yourself end up in logistics? Well, uh, I'm going to start really way back. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going back to, to 1993 where I was without a job. and The interim uh, office, the temp agency, yes. sent me to work uh, in a warehouse in the port of Antwerp. Ah. And I was amazed with... Because a port is a city on its own. Huh? Today mm-hmm. we're in yeah. Rotterdam. I, I feel the vibe of, of, of a port activity. Mm-hmm. Um, then again, I w- I'd always been um, fascinated by people, by, by customers, by serving. So I moved on to a customer service position within the industry, uh, finally ending up in 1998 in a, in a sales role mm-hmm. um, in the time-critical uh, uh, market. Uh, working for a company called, called Roberts Express. Yeah. Um, in 2012, we sold Roberts, um, um, company where in the meantime I had become a, a shareholder through management buyout. Yeah. To the Flash Group. Today, the Flash Group is called is is called Redsphere. So basically, ah. uh, my life has gone past with a blink of the eye over the past 30 years and 25 years in the time-sensitive uh, industry. Well, I guess if you uh, if you if you work in logistics, uh, you know your <laughs> your your life flashes by without you realizing it because it's it's very busy, it's very hectic, and uh, there's always something happening. Oh, absolutely! Uh, um, uh, I always start my day with an agenda, a plan, uh, because I, I really think that not having a plan is not mm-hmm. the thing. Um, I never tend to stick to it because every day something new happens yeah. uh, needs my intervention or, or my immediate attention and, and it's just it's just it's just great it's I would say that my job has become my hobby uh, I love it mm-hmm. yeah no well it's uh, it, for, for me it's the for me it's the same <laughs> yeah okay, absolutely I, I, I love I, I just love logistics and uh, uh, for me uh, you said you started working in the warehouse and it was uh, it was the same for me. Uh, I always used to say, if I see uh, if I see really high walls with n- with uh, almost no windows, 
I want to I want to go inside and I want to I want to check it out, see the the people, and yeah, it's it's getting much more interesting with all the technology, the the software capabilities, but also in terms of hardware, uh, we have robots, self driving trucks, drones. It's gonna yeah, it's getting it's getting more interesting every day. Um, if if so, you already mentioned some of the uh, uh, trends that we have been been seeing in the past uh, uh, eighteen months. If you if you look at uh, transportation in in Europe, what what uh, are the main trends that you see? Well, if um, um, we always um, have adapted our our approach to the market by talking a lot to our customers mm-hmm. and and. Something strange for somebody who has a forwarding background is that um, we see shippers and carriers as our customers. Ah, So we continuously talk to them. And um, if I would have to say that um, um, there are three main uh, movements that we recognize Mm -hmm. in in the European market. Uh, First of all, as a post-COVID lesson, we clearly see a re-regionalization of the of the supply chain uh, after many years of globalizing yeah, yeah. the supply chain uh, during covid everybody was confronted with uh, disruption of the supply chain because mm-hmm. when suppliers were open and were able to deliver we were closed and by the time we were producing again they were closing again yeah uh, so yeah. many of our of our shippers today are really considering the re-regionalization of the supply chain uh, for continuity reasons, but also for sustainability reasons. Yeah. Uh, a second clear trend that we see uh, stems also back from the uh, from the lockdown period when the e-commerce industry saw an extreme boom. Yeah, um, is that big e-retailers um, and and let's mention the name Amazon was the first one. Yeah, um, created very agile, flexible, high quality, and very customer centric uh, delivery methodologies Mm -hmm. Uh, and we believe that they have put the benchmark at such a level that not only for other retailers but also for industrial shippers for their downstream supply chain Mm -hmm. um, these delivery models will become the benchmark and then last but surely not least over the last 18 months uh, i think that everybody in the industry has lived the polarization uh, of the european road freight market Mm -hmm. um, where uh, on one hand, volumes haven't been amazingly high due to uh, a scarcity of resources yeah. and supply disruption. But even with the relatively low volumes in the market, uh, the transportation industry was not always able to to meet the demand in terms of capacity. Yeah. Um, in the meantime, with the Ukrainian conflict, uh, um, uh, prices of energy have who were already rising but have yeah. risen uh, tremendously. The supply disruption causing um, um, vehicles, new vehicles, whether mm-hmm. it's trucks or vans, uh, they have become uh, way more expensive. Yep. Delivery times are getting longer. And we've been confronted, uh, I believe, over the last 18 months uh, with a, a humongous driver shortage um, that everybody had seen coming. I think everybody had been living with it for quite a while. It's, uh, been, it's been there for years, right? E- exactly. Yeah. exactly. Um, but it all came together uh, yeah. l- last year. And I think, I think to, to many uh, people in the industry or many people in the ecosystem, uh, going from a driver all the way to, to, to shippers, for many people it's been, it's been a bit of a shock. 
apart from uh, companies uh, nearshoring their supply chains, so to say, or you, you're call, you called it regionalizing. Yeah. Um, uh, what other ways do you see your uh, your clients and carriers uh, cope with these uh, with these trends? What are they doing, or what are they changing? Well, I do start to see in, in their standard uh, shipping. Uh, I, I do start um, seeing our shippers opening up uh, to uh, talking to peers, mm -hmm. um, involving carriers and service providers in in three four party discussions, yeah, um, and seeking a, a collaborative way to meet um, uh, the challenges that that we face. So that is definitely definitely one. Um, within the industry where we, as Redfair, are active, which is the time-sensitive one, mm -hmm. um, where we know every day the shit is going to hit the fan. Yes. But we don't know where, <laughs> when. Which fan? <laughs> Exa yeah. exa exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we're, we're confronted with, with many of these, of these problematics in, 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 uh, in the European market where all shipments are actually unforeseen. Mm -hmm. um, and what we have seen uh, there is that after a 20-year trend of trying to industrialize, standardize the exception, because time-sensitive shipping is the exception, yeah. um, um, we have seen uh, um, an almost immediate shift from going from a um, uh, contractual relationship into a transactional relationship. So mm -hmm. within time-sensitive yeah. shipping, there's been a very uh, immense and immediate move over the last summer uh, into sourcing on a spot basis. Okay. Uh, and not from a purchasing strategy, but from a capacity and uh, supply chain continuity point of view. Hmm. Go a, a, a small step back. Um, uh, could you uh, explain time-sensitive freight? Yep. In, in a nutshell, I would, I would call time-sensitive freight uh, that freight that cannot be shipped through standard and network-based transportation solutions mm -hmm. uh, because the goods are either very time-critical and need an immediate uh, and same-day delivery. Um, they need to be uh, shipped within very specific time windows where cutoff times, uh, which is one of the key uh, features yes. of a network-based solution uh, uh, do not offer sufficient flexibility mm -hmm. or it's the conditioning of, of, of the goods yeah, uh, that do not allow to move through a hub-and-spoke networks. Yeah, and, uh, and then the first thing that would come to mind is is uh, things like uh, automotive where they have just-in-time production. That's obviously uh, time-sensitive. I, I could think of uh, a medical, the medical uh, industry like hospitals or, or, or pharma that has a, a time-sensitive uh, uh, shipments. But I'm, I'm guessing if you uh, look at, at what, what's happening now, I mean, if there's, if there's a, a large group of people that is time-sensitive in itself, it's the consumer. So, so, so I'm almost thinking that the whole, um, the whole e-commerce uh, flow of goods <laughs> has almost become a, a time-sensitive uh, 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 flow of, of freight. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think, and time-sensitive is not always urgent. Yeah? Obviously, no. the e-retailers have have uh, deployed models with which you can get a same-day delivery or, or a next-day delivery yeah. uh, within certain uh, time frames. Um, now, we are a niche player, and uh, in e-commerce, uh, parcel delivery will continue to go through yes. uh, the leading networks. 
Um, but consumers now have the same delivery expectation, the same uh, flexibility and the same service expectation um, for bulky and voluminous uh, uh, goods as well. Yeah. Imagine you, you go into a large furniture shop and you're super excited uh, with your new purchase and then you realize oh my god it doesn't fit my no, car no yeah how am i going to get it on the second floor yeah uh, and oh yeah. my god i've got a dinner appointment tonight at nine uh which i cannot miss yeah yeah, yeah. and this is where this is really where uh, time sensitive uh, comes in comes into play where on the same day on the next day or a second day upon appointment double manned in-house delivery yeah uh has become uh, a true uh market within the market mm -hmm. yeah 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 because people want want to uh, they don't want to sit uh, at home all day and you know they don't they don't they no longer accept that a shipment uh, is it will be there between nine and six. Oh, absolutely! It's yeah. the most frustrating thing there is, isn't it? Um, and and this is and this is where where I think that um, this type of of time sensitive last mile delivery has 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 been derived from time critical shipping, uh, mm -hmm. uh, because in time critical shipping, an an on time pickup or an on time uh, delivery fails when you deviate more than fifteen minutes from what you agreed with a customer. And that's a short window, 15 that minutes. That is a very short very window. Short window. Uh, on top of that, uh, within premium freight or urgent transportation worldwide, uh, real-time communication uh, about a confirmation of pickup, a confirmation of delivery, mm -hmm. a proactive communication on the ETA uh, is a standard. Uh, so all of these things are, are things that also as a consumer, we expect when we're, expecting a delivery right you want yeah. to get that little message on your phone saying the driver's on his way the yeah. driver will be there between nine and ten yeah uh, so some of these uh highly uh, specialized same day urgent time critical industrial deliveries have formed the basis for high quality um customer centric delivery models within uh home delivery hmm so, so what role does um, uh, digitalization play in this market? Oh, I think that um, digital has become has become very important. Uh, mm -hmm. First of all, um, the background of every time sensitive player is uh, um, a historic uh, past of of being a forwarder. Yeah, uh, and I always compare a forwarder with a travel agency. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember my first business trip in 1995. Mm -hmm. I needed to go to London. I had never flown. God, how am I going to buy a ticket? So I yeah, called the travel yeah. agency. Yeah. And they sent me a fax <laughs> half an hour later, and I thought, wow, what a service. Yeah. Uh, today I just use my phone half a minute, my, my flight yeah, book. Yeah. yeah. So, and we have, we have seen that um, um, within time sensitive shipping, um, you have. Um, a variety of reasons why shippers ship their material uh, through our delivery models. Um, you have the ones that are related to production very often. Um, um, they are urgent, uh, but next to the urgency, 
price mm-hmm. is very important. Well, yeah. Um, then you have the very specialist deliveries if you need to deliver inside uh, nuclear centers um, or, oh, or yeah. army bases and yeah. so on. Um, here, it's much more about the confidentiality, uh, the uh, the way you treat the material, the fact that you have accredited people who have security clearings yeah. Yeah. and so on. So there's, there's, there's different... Uh, different needs within that same sector. Mm-hmm. Um, what we have, what we have seen is that um, digitization um, has helped uh, a niche industry because we represent about three percent of the of the transportation mm-hmm. budget of of large uh, shippers. So it's really a niche activity. Okay. Digitization has helped historically to um, um, increase productivity. Uh, competitiveness yeah. to um, uh, take first steps into data and and try to see some patterns in exceptional shipping and assisting uh, shippers uh, with optimizing the unexpected. Um, yeah. yeah. Today we see another shift. Um, today, after what um, uh, we have seen over the last eighteen months, we we feel that the the ecosystem. The entire ecosystem is under pressure um, because um, although a part of the driver shortage has to be solved by totally new ways of, of, of delivering, mm-hmm. um, a collaborative uh, cooperation between shippers uh, and, and carriers, uh, a part will have to come from re-establishing or, or making the job of a driver more interesting. Uh, yeah. Um, and, and a part of that will have to be with the working conditions we can offer them. Yeah. Uh, um, the EU has been working for 15, 20 years on, on trying to create uh, an environment where equal pay for equal work. Uh, yeah. um, these legislations were implemented last year, right when uh, everybody was confronted with inflation, everybody was confronted with capacity issues. Yeah. On top of that, uh, mobility package full rollout had an additional impact. Um, and because of that, the ecosystem is under pressure, and, and I think we, the entire industry, has to face the facts that uh, if we want to have agile, last-minute uh, shipping options available um, throughout Europe on a twenty-four-seven basis, um, it will cost more than it has done yeah. over the last years. Um, yeah, the, the cost should rise. It, it's been a race to the bottom. It, exactly. Yeah, and we believe that. Um, Everybody in that food chain has to has to to carry responsibility, yeah. Uh, because we cannot expect, as consumers, we cannot expect um, that the shippers, that those are actually the people we buy products from, mm-hmm. <laughs> that they face the entire uh, increase of that. Uh, so I've, we believe that uh, the ecosystem will be redesigned, and for those shipments where uh, forwarders uh, do not add sufficient um, uh, value added to the process, mm-hmm. um, the forwarder, the middleman, will be pushed out through digital. Uh, and uh, digital platforms uh, connecting shippers directly with carriers uh, and making the ecosystem tighter will protect shippers from significantly uh, paying more. Uh, leveraging data, uh, mass data, out of fully end-to-end digital processes will allow them to understand their business better yeah, uh, and and work on structural uh, redesigns of their supply chain. Yeah, and I guess also what what the data what 
data like that does is it, it creates more opportunity for uh, for well for for carriers to work together, because the the I think still the the fill rate of of a, of trucks in Europe is still well ridiculous if you if you really think about uh, the the shortages and the problems that we have. Oh, absolutely, I, w- I wouldn't want to call my my peers in the market ridiculous, but I think we're all responsible for this because. Uh, if you look on the, on the, on the shipper side, uh, there are still shippers out there who who, who don't want to open up and work yeah. with with direct peers on on synergies and how can we ship smarter, ship more competitive, ship in a more sustainable way. Um, but on the other side, um, if we look at large uh, service providers, maybe even more so than shippers. We're also still very protective, not to yes. show our network and our abilities to to our uh, competitors. Yeah, uh, and and that's where a, a huge mentality change has has to come to the market. Absolutely. Um, I heard you say the 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 ecosystem of freight needs to change, or it or it's or it is changing. Uh, how do you see this change? Oh, well, with within the time sensitive uh, shipping. Um, um, I believe that uh, what the market is after, what shippers are after, is um, they need to um, get the ability to determine almost on individual shipment mm-hmm. level uh, what the value is um, they are looking for. Um, just in a, in, a, in a nutshell, if uh, if if I look at an industrial shipper and and um, his urgent transportation needs related to production. Mm-hmm. Um, what what does he want? He wants to have a very fast insight on all different shipping possibilities, different carriers, compare transit times, compare costs. Uh, yeah, uh, this is this is where uh, we at Redfair we developed a marketplace where we have actually onboarded our historic uh, peers. Uh, who used to be competitors who now are partially our our, our customers yeah, on our, yeah. on our on our marketplace now the same shipper uh, will have somewhere in the world uh, some r&d centers where shipments have to be organized not by logistics people but by engineers yeah who do not necessarily know that for shipping outside uh, the eu you require customs uh, whether uh, this prototype actually does need packaging because yeah, it you is need a crate. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so this this same shipper for a different department uh, is seeking uh, a same way of working, same way of of organizing, uh, uh, same processes, same data data sources, while somebody taking ownership and accompanying this non-logistics professional in getting his goods delivered on time and in a good state. Yeah. Um, in either of these departments, on a 24-7 basis, these shippers also run into situations where on a Saturday night they need to charter an aircraft. Yeah. Then they don't want a platform. They want a dialer number where yes. somebody says, yeah. I'm going to take care. Yeah. Don't worry, I'm going to take care of it. Exactly. Yes. And so this is where, where um, ecosystems have been designed to standardize. Yeah. Now, now First of all, time-sensitive shipping is already an exception to the standard, and we yeah. feel that within time-sensitive ship, uh, shipping, um, there are some subdivisions, and we want to allow shippers to determine on individual shipping basis, what do I expect from Redsphere as a partner? And we want them to be able to navigate through going from manual 
to digital forwarding to marketplace and just get the best solution out there. Um, and this on individual shipment uh, level. So there's one there's one word that I heard you mention two or three times, uh, which is uh, a word that's uh, top of mind uh, uh, currently for sure, and that is sustainability. Um, how does sustainability tie into um, what you are explaining? Ah, well, I think that, uh, that I'm happy you bring this actually this question because because sustainability over the last ten years, um, in my vision, has been a rather theoretical topic um, where yes. large shippers kind of chucked the topic over the fence and said, Car "Mr. Carrier, this is your responsibility. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, what are you doing?" Um, um, and, and again, the entire industry, all of us, we can't get away with the theoretical approach anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, we've been reporting post-organization of transports, what the CO2 emissions were. Yeah, yeah. Now, as an organization, we, we uh, achieved, um, I think today we have three Lean and Green uh, Star Awards. Uh, we've got an Ecovardis gold medal. So it's always been uh, part of, of, of what we're working at. Um, but it's also or always based on uh, data, and it's been based on reporting uh, afterwards, audited very often by financial auditors. Yeah. Uh, today we see a trend where shippers uh, want to cooperate with their service providers. Uh, we see a trend um, that uh, it's not in an Excel table. Yeah. So we're actually moving this year into SBTI, which is science-based target initiatives so yeah. we'll be working with scientists on developing true projects where scientists say yep here you do make structural steps forward uh, and these are processes we'll be managing together with our with our with our shippers and you mean in terms of driving down the carbon footprint absolutely yeah absolutely um, and this is also what we, where we think that digital will play an important role um, because as long as, as a shipper works with a forwarder who, at the time of offering a solution, does not know which vessel or which vehicle is going to carry the material, mm -hmm. he cannot differentiate solutions based on carbon footprint. Yeah, yeah. This is where digital connecting shippers directly with carriers will allow shippers not only to make selections on transit time, price, but also on CO2 emission in the yeah. future. And it becomes a conscious uh, process uh, for everybody in that food chain. Yeah, it's great to hear that uh, that uh, you are um, uh, enabling the, 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 the greenification of, uh, of uh, the well time critical or time sensitive freight uh, in, in this case. If you, uh, if I would ask you to take out your uh, your glass ball, uh, uh, ball your glass ball, as we say in the uh, in in the Netherlands, and look into it and and look at what the future will bring us um, in 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 freight in time sensitive freight, um, wh what do you see? I think personally, over the next two to to four years, um, the market will continue to be unstable. Uh, Hmm. Um, if you would have asked me this question in uh, in July of last year, yeah, I would have given you a different answer than in February of this year, uh, <laughs> uh, because last year we we had a disbalance between offer and demand going one way. Uh, than today, yeah, today the market is much slower, uh, and what you can observe in 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 that market is that um, 
those parties who are really focused on short-term, uh, the behavior in the market completely changes. Yeah, When mm -hmm. the price went up by 30% in, in September, it, it came down by 40% in yeah. February because there was not enough rate out there for the already little capacity in the market. Yeah, yeah. Um, what I'm convinced of is um, that for the next couple of years still, there will be supply disruption. Uh, there is a scarcity of resources. Um, um, so there will be this instability uh, where there will be moments where uh, offer goes up a bit, we cannot respond. Uh, off, volumes go down again, the market goes crazy in a hunt for freight. So this will, this yeah. will stay for a while. Um, what I'm just convinced of is that some of the structural underlying reasons uh, of what happened to us last year, like driver shortage, other driver conditions, um, um, energy prices, they, they've stabilized. Yeah. They'll never come down again. Uh, and it's the same thing with, with uh, the costs of vehicles. Yeah? So some of these structural things will not be solved as long as we're in, a, in an unstable uh, environment. Yeah. Um, uh, the structural solutions uh, will only come after. Um, and this is where, where, where we as Redfair also put a lot, a lot of our focus. Uh, we need to be agile in our approach and adapt, I would say, to the three to six months cycles we're living in mm -hmm. uh, today. Uh, and through um, the, the diversity in the hybrid platform that we are able to offer our shippers uh, today. Well, thank you, uh, Johnny, for um, uh, giving us a glimpse into the future. Uh, but also to for explaining uh, uh, time sensitive and time critical uh, freight, and uh, uh, and how Redsfer is uh, is uh, tackling the the, the challenges. Um, thank you very much for for being on the show. Thank you for having me, Martin. It's been a great pleasure. Thank you for listening to Does Logistics Matter? For more on trends and innovations in supply chain and logistics, visit our blog on logisticsmatter.com. If you want to be a guest on this podcast, please send an email to podcast at logisticsmatter.com. This podcast was produced by Dimitri Vleugel. The music is based on a sample by Ragaman and produced by Michael Spengler. This episode was supported by Redsfer. Redsfer has over 40 years of experience in handling time-sensitive shipments throughout Europe and beyond. The company offers digital tools for both shippers and carriers to easily find, book and track solutions for time-sensitive shipments. For more information, please visit redsfer.com. That's R-E-D-S-P-H-E-R.com.